Today, dear congregation, we celebrate a figure known through all human history and favored by the story. We bow, we lay our heads flat, and we spread our stinkers wide. For today, we celebrate the intruder. The story must be told. The intruder is an uninvited guest. The intruder is a shadow. The intruder is the master and the intrudee the disciple. Lay out a welcome mat so that the intruder might wipe his or her feet before taking a shit in your toilet. Don't wash your dishes, and don't scrub your floors. The intruder is here to destroy what you own. So lend a hand. Rip open your trash. Piss your yellows and pinks in the recycling. Keep your teeth mossy and your stinky brown crust, crust, crusty. The intruder destroys those who destroy themselves, for it admires us creatures of negligence. Steve the penitent, please approach the pulpit and share with us a psalm. <clears throat> Brainmead, brainmead, love its juice, its hefty girth. Brainmead, Brain meat. When it dies, I'm gonna hurt. The doctor put me in a tube and shined her light on me. Camera snapped and she said, oh, at a gross discovery. Guess I had a sibling I consumed inside the womb, but didn't eat all the way, for in my skull he bloomed. Tiny little arms, veiny little feet, sharp little nails, Stabbed into my meat, chomping on my nerves, supping on my goo. As my smarts they waned, his fetal form it grew. Brain meat, brain meat, love the taste of the bloody treat. Brain meat, brain meat, eat it down, but be discreet. Doctor got a sawn, slid my scalp from my dome, and when she saw my sibling, his hand. It waved hello. Leave me be, foul creature, a high-pitched whine he made. Yet he was quite articulate. For the doctor, she obeyed. And thus she stitched me up. My condition, it grew worse. Eat, eat, eat. He shared my brain. And soon, we shared a hearse. Brain meat, brain meat. No longer there for me to use. Brain meat, brain meat. The fetal boy he chews. <sighs> that psalm stirred in me a gunk so profound you could smear it on toast. I thank you, Steve, for committing your crime against the story so long ago. If your tongue were not speaking the story's truth, we'd probably cut it out, and I mean it. Snip, snip, thud, drip, splash, for the story changes us, makes us worse, strangers to ourselves. And now, the story awaits. Brother Reed, the pulpit is yours.
An Intruder Intrudes, a letter from Silvis Scrimshaw, from the Erotic Diaries of Randy. The dog was barking in the closet. Denst had been crying for hours when he finally came back to the kitchen. He thought he had done better, but you couldn't miss the stains on the linoleum. He hadn't slept a wink. He pulled out Clorox and towels and sprayed and scrubbed and sweat for another 20 minutes before bagging up the soiled towels in a trash bag to join the others. Inspecting the scuffed, sterilized floor, he swayed an insomniac and strange military attention. They're slipping away, he told himself. Swish, swish, splash, splash, densed. Hold on, densed, swish, splash. The pottery kiln was why he bought the house back when he had a wife and a son. His once ornate, seemingly woven pottery had garnered a few thousand social media followers through patience and polite conversation. He sold a few pieces a month, and with Seneca working at the laundromat her aunt owned, it was enough. He dragged the garbage bags to the kiln and worried what he might do if he ever forgot his wife's face. I'd just fall apart, he said out loud, rubbing his eyes until they hurt. So he opened the garbage bag at the very bottom of the stack and dug past the towels until he found her head. The face wasn't easy to look at anymore, the parts no longer in the right spots, but her hair smelled the same. He cried, then started the kiln fire. He hadn't wanted her to die, that was the intruder. The intruder intruded the same day the doctor diagnosed Denst with the tumor. In clear moments, Denst saw how the two were connected. The doctor, stuck at home with a bad back, had told Denst the diagnosis over FaceTime. The signal kept jittering as the doctor videoed in from home, still in his pajamas. What was that? Denst asked and, sorry, say that again. This happened over and over, so when he finally heard the news, it was a shout, inoperable brain tumor. The shout startled the pathetic little dog Denst and Seneca adopted before the boy was born, and it yipped in alarmed shrieks. Denst had sat there. Tumor, God, bark, bark, tumor, Jesus, Bark, bark. He had been feeling off. His emotions swung every which way, but he never expected this. After the call, he waited for Seneca to come home with their son. He cried, wondering what he'd tell them when the intruder spoke for the very first time. The voice came from inside, a deep rattle within his chest. Don't say a word. The intruder, he knew at once, had always been inside him. However, only now could Denst recognize the voice as belonging to a totally separate person. Don't tell them, 
Loading the first bag of parts into the kiln, he tried to think of his son, but the intruder wouldn't let him. So he thought of his dog and started crying again. What if the tumor made him forget Mr. Downtown's face, his goofy walk? Mr. Downtown! Mr. Downtown! He called, running upstairs in search of the dog. He opened every door on the first floor until he found the coat closet with Mr. Downtown inside, wrapped in his army jacket for soundproofing. The dog jumped in his open arms, a little turd smaller than any cat. Oh, God, please, please, Denst said of the deluge of licking. I don't know what I'd do without you. I love you. I love you. And the intruder said, No, you don't. Denst was not quite finished with Mr. Downtown when he heard the knock at the door. He closed the latch to the kiln when the person knocking began to shout, too muffled to discern. Yes, hold on! Denst shouted over Mr. Downtown's pained yips. He didn't have time to finish the deed, so the intruder threw a couple blankets over the dog. He could only just hear the yipping past the closed basement door. Denst, please hurry, the voice shouted. He opened the door. Valerny, the grandmotherly neighbor on the next property over, apologized at once. I'm so sorry, but I saw the kiln smoke and I knew you were home. In Valerny's dead set eyes and pallid, tear-streaked face, Denst knew at once it was serious. I can't talk now, Valerny, Denst said, closing the door before she could really look at him. The intruder spoke again, this time urgent. Finish it! Finish it! A wave of hunger plowed over Denst, shook his knees. Then Valerny screamed. Henri is trapped under the tractor! Denst gasped and was out the door before the intruder could say a word. What are we waiting for? Henri and Valerny had been Seneca, Denst, and uh, their son's neighbors for six years. But they'd lived on the property for 40. They raised three kids on a gorgeous square mile of rolling hills and lifeless forest. Henri mowed both their yards in a big tractor, but he wasn't supposed to when it rained, like it did last night. Is he still conscious? Denst asked as he rushed with Valerny to the back of the house. While running, he noticed Mr. Downtown's blood on his khaki's knees, but could not recall where it came from. Yes, yes, he's, he's still awake, she said with a faraway look. They rounded the back patio, and Denst heard the man's incoherent cries. The tractor laid on its side. The wheels were still moving. Turn off the engine, he told Valerny, and she muttered, Yes, 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 as though calling in from a remote location. Denst was all adrenaline and nausea the moment he saw Henri's bloody hands in the grass. He followed the bloodstains up the old man's arms, down his crimson-soaked golf polo, to the heaving 500 pounds of tractor. Henri's legs were pinned under the John Deere's green metal hole, his pelvis crushed to a bloody pancake. 
Splish, splash, 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 Denst muttered. Denst! Henri shouted, his mouth so bloody the morning sun lit it up like a jack-o'-lantern. Good, Valerny had said. She said you... We're gonna get you out, honk, Denst said, touching the man's shoulder. But even this affirming pat was too much. The tractor wheels stopped spinning, and the engine block ceased its rattle. Engine off! 911, right? Or should I? Or, or CPR? Valerny rattled. Denst swayed, nauseous. He had helped them set up their Wi-Fi and figured out their online banking, but this was hardly his area of expertise. Yeah, 911, Denst said, but as Valerny ran to the house, the intruder corrected him. No! Stop right there, you goddamn idiot! Valerny had never heard Denst curse. She wobbled on the first porch step. But, but Henry, he's... They're too far away and too fucking stupid, Valerny. We can do it ourselves. With that, the intruder stuck Denst's hands under the tractor and strained the man's pottery-strong biceps. The tractor lifted slowly under Denst's wailing effort. Henry's lungs opened once more, blood sprang and coughs from his gaping mouth like a Windex bottle clogged with scabs. The whole while, the intruder screamed, The tractor tipped over and fell onto its other side, and the bright green which crushed Henry now glowed with blood shine, a flash of Christmas and humid July. Oh my God! Valerie screamed through her fingers. God, God, God! The intruder witnessed the carnage through Denst's eyes. Henri's legs were folded the wrong way, thighs pointing to six o'clock, the lower legs at two and nine, respectively. The intruder grew delirious in joy, thankful that Denst had brought him there. Henri braced himself on his shattered pelvis and began screaming like an air raid siren. Valerny punctuated his outcry with errant shrieks and, Oh my God! Oh my gods! The intruder sought order. Inside now! Fucking move, Grandma! Go, go, go! Valerny ran away in terror. Her husband of 46 years was screaming hell's torture on earth, and each cry sapped her of sense. Instead of going to her own house, she ran to Dent's modest residence. She spun around in circles on his front step, unsure what she was doing. Despite his outburst, she trusted Dent's would take care of everything. After all, he set up their Wi-Fi. And he didn't just connect it with out-of-the-box settings, either. He named the network after their cat, and the password was their phone number. Denst was thoughtful. He wouldn't mind, she decided, as she opened his front door. Denst was truly sick now, having done to Henri as he had done to Seneca, his son, and had started to do to Mr. Downtown. And all today, too. 
His guts wheezed chunky burps into his unwilling mouth every few seconds. The intruder did not know how to properly operate a body. When the intruder intruded, dense lungs pumped overtime like working a steel forge, compelling dense flesh into impossible feats. Dense walked now with ankles obliterated, arms heaving, each muscle ripped so every step brought tears to his eyes. Valerny walked through the quaint show gallery the young family kept at the front of the house. She spun in anxious circles like a confused bug. She had hardly been able to hear the 911 operator over the shrieking dog, but she could make out the words, On their way! Should she go back outside? She'd be able to hear the ambulance better. Valerny, you're a mess, she pitied herself. Mr. Downtown yipped as Valerny distracted herself with the latest sculptures. Dentst used to make such creative works. Pottery like twisted thread, braids of vines, sweaters come alive and stretching to heaven with pearl-knit fingers. The current display was as though the sweaters had painfully died. He had shattered all of his old pieces by the dozen and built off of their wreckage. Now new clay threads tugged at each shard. Those fun, friendly sculptures Valerny once called so creative now looked like mutilated bodies caught in spider webs. It pushed a taste of bile into Valerny's mouth, and she looked away. The dog barking certainly didn't help her feel any calmer. Mr. Downtown, what is going on? Valerny shouted at the basement door. She just wanted a moment of quiet to dread what the ambulance would find. She opened the basement door, and the stench of fire and blood and char sent her coughing. <coughs> Mr. Downtown? She spat. She descended the steps. Dentst went through the garage as his shirt, pants, and shoes were unforgivably soiled. He took them all off and threw them in the last trash bag in the roll. Boy, he went through the 36-pack awful quick, he thought. The intruder, for the first time, started a shopping list in the sector of brain Denst had once used for writing his own name. Denst drooled copiously and leaned painful against the garage wall as a headache shook his skull apart. He felt his hair part rearranged subdermally as a growing fault line snaked over his left cranial hemisphere. He tasted red and smelled burning like a forest fire. Inside the house, he washed his hands. The intruder was pleased with him. He couldn't even see where his loving wife and son... What was the kid's name again? Brendan? Brenton? Had laid in their final gasping moments. Had he really forgotten the boy's name? He burned that garbage bag already. He'd have to check the photo albums, he thought. He heard the pitiful warblings of Mr. Downtown. It was then he noticed the basement door was open. Valerny wanted to help Mr. Downtown, but she was afraid to touch him. She had heard how animals in pain didn't act like themselves. A parasite in the brain, a bone sticking somewhere, God forbid a tumor, anything could change a friendly dog's temperament to something violent, foreign. But oh God, 
how she wanted to help him. Though still alive, Mr. Downtown was losing a lot of blood and a little brain. Like it was ripped open by a coyote or something, the dog's skull was bit open on the left hemisphere. A chunk of brain chomped out. He was still alive, so it must not have been vital brain meat, though this reassured Valerny little. Watching the little rat-like terrier shiver there in the draining blood made her think of Henri. Poor little baby, she cried. All God's poor little babies going home. Valerny, is that you? Denst said from the stairs. Denst, she cried. Oh, thank God, it's, it's Mr. Downtown. Something has happened to him. Oh, Denst said without conviction. What happened? Denst walked down the stairs, but it was the intruder who descended. Valerny gasped at Dent's blood-splattered clothes. His shirt collar was soaked, and his mouth, lips, and nose all red-smeared. Two front teeth were missing, and a third was dangling by a nerve like a tire swing. It, it, it looks like... Valerny began, but the thoughts faded as the blood left her brain for the pit of her stomach. It's like something went and... Um, went and... Took a bite? The intruder smiled through his incomplete grin. Valerny was struck motionless. The smell of rot from the garbage bags, the blood, the kiln smoke, it all began to make sense. What happened to Henri? The intruder pouted his lips at Valerny, as though saying, Oh, honey. Valerny shrank. She suffered a skin-prickling certainty that she would die, yes, but what overwhelmed her now was how naive she must have looked. She couldn't look Denst in the eye. He had spent so many Saturdays at Honk and Valerny's place, fixing their computer or taking down their Christmas decorations. He gave their cat its medicine. I'm such an idiot, she confessed. Then her eyes shut. She cried, and beneath the weight of the intruder, Denst recognized her pain. Val... Don't say that about yourself. Well, it's true. Val. Did you do this? She pointed at the sloppily lobotomized Mr. Downtown. He nodded. Seneca? Denst nodded again. And Junior? Oh my God! Denst said with relief. Denst Junior! The intruder couldn't help but smile. That was bothering me all morning. Then he started coughing. <coughs> he shrank into the corner and begged the intruder not to help. The intruder didn't listen. His back snapped in a V and Denst pumped out dry heaves like a fat dog. <coughs> and then a wet fistful of Henri's hair splattered against the wall. Valerny took this oddly in stride. She shook her head like declining the dessert menu. You won't hurt me. Oh, Denst sighed. It'll happen. He knew the gravity of his many losses, but for some reason they fizzled empty inside, like the connection was cut off. Sorrow sputtered in him like an old faucet. 
The intruder is always listening, you know, Denst began. That's how he's so smart. We could all learn a thing or two from the intruder. We could all learn a thing or two from the intruder. Is it going to hurt? I wouldn't know. The story must be told. And now, dear brothers and sisters, I am going to summon the intruder, the sinister hand of the story, the story's subsuming presence for all of us here. It has exhausted our once dear Denst, so we pray it might settle in us like wasp larvae in the skull of an escaped pet hamster. Listen. For my cries are soft and oh so supple. Oh, 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 ah, oh, pretty please. Oh, 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 intruder, intruder. Oh, mama, no, no, shh, ah, ah, shh. That was The Story Must Be Told, and if that's gum, you better spit it out. We're happy to be hosted on the Last Podcast Network, lastpodcastnetwork.com, because I'm going to punch you in the back, and you're going to swallow that chunky, chunky gum. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at TSMBTPod, and I'll be goddamned if that bubble gum ain't going to get stuck in your larynx. And while you're choking to death, why don't you try one of our shirts? You can find the link in our bios. And don't forget to rate and review us as your lungs struggle for breath. And instead of exhaling, you just get a bigger and bigger bubble coming out of your mouth. So, this was a Post Everything production. Check us out at posteverythingproductions.com. And as your vision tunnels, and as you taste that sweet, sweet bubblegum flavor and you think about your mom before you die, remember, I warned you to spit it out. Ever too stupid. <laughs> this story must be told.